Hey ladies, welcome to the Yas and Amen podcast, where we talk about growing in our faith with biblical truths, real life testimonies, and meditating on God's word. Now I'm your host, Priscelis Dominguez. Let's get it. Hey, hey y'all. So today's episode is how God is actually good all the time. So, you know, we, if you grew up in the church or if you didn't grow up in the church, honestly, if you just live in the world, <laughs> you have heard the term, God is good all the time and all the time. And someone's waiting for the response or someone's waiting for someone to say, God is good, right? So that may be something common to say, you know, we say it a lot in church, maybe culture and things like that, but it actually is true, right? So sometimes we can say something so often or um, say something so often that it kind of like either loses its purpose, loses its its deepness, its profoundness. Um, But the truth is that is actually something we should say because it actually is true, right? Uh, We have been doing a series right now of 10 days of noticing God's goodness. And the reason that came to be for me was um, that just life is life, right? Life can be difficult. There's a world that's happening. We're still in a pandemic. And sometimes we can forget to actually notice God's goodness in all of it, right? So like on your worst day, God is actually good. On your best day, the obvious thought is God is actually good. So we're going to go into what the Bible talks about in regards to God's goodness and how we can actually be more intentional about noticing it every day and also really living out and believing that he is good. So we're going to think through it in five different ways. So we're going to think about God's definition of good and how it's not the same as ours. And you may hear my baby in the background. You probably already heard him. Um, he's not going through anything or crying. <laughs> he's just he's just being a baby. Um, so just so y'all know, that's what's happening. The second thing is God has been good since the beginning, right? Since the beginning, he has been good. The third one is what God's goodness does in our life. So what does God's goodness look like in our life? What does it do for us? Um, how we benefit from it? Fourth is God's goodness within us, right? We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. That is God's goodness within us. Um, And the fifth thing is God's goodness in our pain and our suffering. So these are the five points that we're going to walk through, think through um, based on scripture, based on some biblical stories. Uh, And hopefully you come out of this conversation, come out of this teaching, come out of this episode with a deeper understanding of actually how to notice God's goodness in your everyday life, in your pain, in your joy, um, when within you seeing it in other people, because the reality is that life is going to continue to be challenging, difficult. There are going to be painful moments, grief filled moments. People are going to even ask you, how can God exist and be good if pain and suffering exists? All these things are going to come up and we need to be equipped, but we also get to be filled up with this truth in order to actually live a life that is abundant, to live a life that is filled with peace in order to live a life that glorifies God. Because if we don't actually notice God's goodness, it's actually harder to glorify him. It's actually harder harder to step into that glorification because we're perhaps looking at other parts of our life, looking at lack, things like that. So let's get right into it. The first part is God's definition of good is not the same as ours. And this is like probably the most important point because sometimes we can often think that he's not good or not being good in certain times and moments because of our sin, because of our disobedience, because of generational curse, because um, we're not seeing the good in something, right? So those are none of those things are true. God is good no matter what. Our feelings, our actions don't change the fact of who he is. So that's something we need to always remember. And then thinking about God's definition of good is not the same as ours because we live in 2021. If you're listening to this, maybe you're living the same place as me as I'm in America, United States. We live in a very different context of the world God lives. He does not live 
as a human being on this earth. He lives out of time, out of culture, out of all of these things. So defining a word by what we define it is nowhere near what actually he defines as good. Um, A scripture in Isaiah 55, 8 to 11, it reads, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth, and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and breed for the eater, so is my word that goes out of out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, and will accomplish what I desire, and achieve the purpose for which it was sent. That scripture, right, Isaiah is a book of prophecy and of truth, right? And it's basically telling us that what we think, the way we see things, the way we um, have our perspectives, our experiences based on how we um, perhaps perceive things are not the ways that God thinks, are not the ways that God perceives. And he does give us access to those things, thankfully, throughout our life. Um, But we are still human beings. We are still made in his image, but we are not him. So that reminds us and teaches us that when we are saying a situation's not good or God is not being good or this is not good, this was not a good experience, we need to actually go to him and go to him and ask God, where was your, where was your goodness here? Um, will this result in goodness later? Um, help me see and notice how you define goodness in this circumstance and situation. And when we do it that way, then we actually will notice more of his goodness in our life. We will actually notice more of his goodness in moments that perhaps were the worst moments of our lives, lives getting connected with him in prayer and meditation and scripture will actually bring us to a place to notice it and learn it. Some examples in the Bible are when he, uh, Noah's Ark, right? So the world was a disaster. People were sinning, um, as we are now, but you know, we don't know, maybe perhaps it was a different kind of situation. People were sinning in a different way. Um, or he just wanted to create a prevention of something worse that could happen. Right. And so in that situation, that was good. What God did in that sense of, fl- of the flood and starting over in some sense was good. Do we as human beings perhaps receive it as good as people dying as basically God ending life for many people and starting over, maybe we don't perceive that as good. Personally, you know, I maybe don't necessarily see that as good, but it had a good effect and good result in the world, right? God made a promise and a new covenant um, with Noah for humanity moving forward, right? There was a difference that happened. Something happened that was good or that caused good for later, right? Even in a situation that didn't necessarily seem good in the moment. Joseph's story, right? His brothers sold him. Clearly, that is not a situation that we would say seems good. Right now, there are women and men being trafficked. Those are not situations we would say are good. But in the situation of Joseph, God had a plan for him. That He had a vision through his dad and through him that he would basically save his family, that he would save a lot of people in his community by being part of the leadership and government of Egypt, right? And so it doesn't seem like it was good what happened to him, but it resulted in good. Um, Because also he even prepared the king for the famine and the the terrible things that would come in Egypt. And that would only be able to come through um, Joseph and his stories and his dreams. And that would have only happened if his brothers sold him. So You know, when people say sometimes, oh, everything happens for a reason, I really need us to stop saying that, right? Because you wouldn't, you shouldn't tell someone who's been raped, oh, everything happens for a reason, right? You shouldn't tell someone whose family member was murdered, everything happens for a reason. So we need to be wise and say, not necessarily everything happens for a reason, right? But everything in life has a purpose, right? Everything in life, 
God has a purpose for. So that whether it's things he allowed, whether it's things that he himself did, whatever it may be, but God has a purpose for it. And in scripture, which we'll go into later on there, says that he works everything, all things for our good, for those who love him, right? So we can stop saying everything happens for a reason, but just say that there is a purpose um, that is bigger than us, right? That we don't maybe even see, we may not even know or have access to on this side of eternity. Then I also think of even Jesus's story, right? God so loved the world. In John 3, 16, it says, God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son to die for us, right? So we will not perish and have eternal life. That in itself, to die for us, right? That might not seem like good or good news or a good way to do it or good something good, but it was good, y'all. It was good because that means everyone then would have access to eternal life, to salvation, to that death would no longer have the final say. That is good, y'all. So although the cross doesn't seem like good or all of it, but that's the point of why the gospel is the good news. It's not bad news. It's not just news. It's good news. So that is something we need to always be thinking about. God's definition of good is not the same as ours. So that's the first one. Second one is God has been good since the beginning. And so Genesis 1:31, right? We look at the scripture said God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning and the sixth day, right? And that continues on to say before and after in that scripture. He's saying he keeps saying the things that he created was good. So good can only come from someone who is good, right? He can't create good things if he himself is not good. And so this is a a component too that should really encourage us because it reminds us that God has been good from the very beginning. He didn't become good. He didn't evolve into becoming good. He didn't become good in the New Testament. Sometimes we can read Old Testament stories and be like, nah, nah, God wasn't good then. He was, you know, smiteful and all this stuff. No, he was good, y'all. He was still good there. He was the good. He was good since the beginning. He was good since Genesis, since even before that. And so when we look at the truth that God has been good since the very beginning, then we can also look back at our, back at our life and we remember, because there will be moments right now when we're going through something, we're maybe not seeing good, the goodness of God or we're not uh, perceiving it or feel like we're experiencing it. But if we can remember from the very beginning, God has been good Think of like what before you were born. Think about the family, your generations, generations that came before you and your legacy. God has been good and he has been good since the very beginning. And there has there is proof of that and evidence of that throughout our entire life, but also throughout the entire Bible. Because in God being good and being good since the very beginning, that means he himself invented goodness. He himself created it. He didn't discover it and, and, and stumble upon it and, and while he was being God or creating the garden. He himself created it and he created us to be that, right? He created us and he created us as good. He thinks, he believes what he created is good and that is truth. That is gospel truth. So I would encourage you at some point today, actually take time to think about when has God been good in your life? And like go back to those moments, like sit down, close your eyes and go back to those moments see how God was working, see what he was doing. And then go back to the most difficult moments of your life. Go back to the most challenging, painful moments. If it's healthy right now, if you are not healed from it, if you have not forgiven, if you have not been delivered, perhaps don't do that. But if you are in that place, perhaps go back to it, right? Um, And I would say, notice God's goodness there too. What did he do? What did he prevent? How did he intervene? How did he show up? Through, Through what, who and what did he show up? 
through who and what did he bless you, provide for you, care for you, comfort you? Because when we do look back at those things, the healing, the deliverance, the freedom that we live in um, actually sticks in a more profound and truthful way in our life. All right. Now, third one, what's what God's goodness does in our life, right? So God is not just good. He provides goodness in our life and we get to see it in our life. We get to see it manifest and flourish in our life. One way is through gifts, right? Through God blessing us. James 117 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. God is good in providing good gifts. And the thing about the factor in the scripture is saying he gives every good and perfect gift, meaning there are bad gifts, (laughs) y'all, right? There are bad gifts. And where would bad gift come from? A bad gift would come from the enemy and his army of um, demons, right? And so acknowledging that every good gift and perfect gift comes from God. And just like a gift, think of an actual gift, right? So when someone gives you a gift, your role is to receive it. So your role in receiving God's goodness it is simply that to receive it right to receive his goodness and receive it into your life receive it into your heart receive it into your mind receive it into your soul and see how it heals you see how it helps you um, and helps you even change how you mother how you wife how you sister how you work how you function how you speak how you communicate how you listen how you live in all the ways Another way we see God's goodness is giving us a glimpse into heaven, right? Um, Psalm 27, 13 says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The land of the living is the eternal life, right? That we are promised um, through in heaven through Jesus. And so when we think about this, that God's goodness in our life is having a glimpse of heaven in our everyday life, right? Through miracles through his love, through how he gives us people to encourage us and love on us and comfort us through answered prayers. Those are glimpses of heaven, right? And that is something that God's goodness provides in our life. And then there are some scriptures that are really powerful in showing us that God's goodness is our place of refuge. So Psalm, I'm going to read Psalm 34, 8 here and Nahum 1, 7. Nahum, maybe you've never heard of it or read it. It's spelled N-A-H-U-M. Again, N-A-H-U-M, it's found in the Old Testament. So Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Sorry, I missed the other scripture. Psalm 31, 19, which is the next scripture I'm reading. How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you. And when we talk about fear in this context is that reverence you, right? Um, That you bestow in the sight of all and those who take refuge in you. And then finally, Nahum 1.7 says, The Lord is good, a refuge in time of trouble. He cares for the one who trusts in him. And so these three scriptures are, are talking about God's goodness in correlation with us taking refuge in him. Refuge means a condition or being safe, of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble. God is our refuge, our resting place when we are going through something, when we're being attacked, when we're being persecuted in different ways, right? God is our refuge, and that is how he's good in our daily life. The thing is, you may be experiencing different things in your job, in your relationships, in your life, and all of that may seem overwhelming or seem like a lot or seem like you can't handle it. And maybe you're going and running to other things or other people, but actually, if you run to God, he will be your refuge there. He will actually provide his goodness in your life through his love, through his comfort, through his peace, through his grace and through his mercy. And so seek that out and notice it, right? So we talked about what's God's goodness in our life. That's through good good gifts that we get to receive from him being um, 
seeing glimpses of heaven here on earth while what he, through what he's doing and using God as our refuge, as our resting place. And now the fourth part, right? God's goodness within us. If you didn't already guess, it's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about in several t- um, scriptures where the Holy Spirit dwells within us, that we are his temple, that we are his resting place, right? And also the Bible talks about in Galatians 5, 21, where um, the fruits of the Spirit and fruits of the Spirit, one being goodness, right? And the fruits of the Spirit aren't just things that like God made up, right? They are actually things that he himself is and that because we have the Holy Spirit in us, we can now develop, flourish, and live out I would say the biggest and most obvious way to to notice a Christian in the world is through the fruits of the spirit. We can there's a lot of people that can claim to be Christian or say they're Christian. There's a lot of people that do do that. And and even us, right? We need to we get to humble ourselves and say, "Am I living out these fruits of the spirit?" because that that's actually how people will know that I follow Christ. That's actually how people will come to know Christ through me how because of how I live through these fruits of the spirit. So God's goodness also shows up in within you through the holy spirit so when you're going through different things the holy spirit can be your comforter and that is god's goodness within you right when you uh, when other people are in need of you of your support of your encouragement of your prayers the holy spirit within you will intercede and work within you right to be able to be that goodness for other people without god we cannot be good uh, we, we can really literally cannot and also without God without the Holy Spirit we cannot manifest or live out goodness and so this is something that is not a character trait of ours it's not something that we're born with it is simply something that we get to live out and can have and exemplify and show through having the Holy Spirit within us and now the fifth one is probably the hardest one to accept and hardest one maybe to believe God's goodness um, in our pain and in our suffering. So I'm going to go through several scriptures that talk about this. Um, And the thing is, you may still feel what you feel after hearing all of this. But I would say take time to really read these scriptures, meditate through these scriptures, um, and bring all your worries, bring all your pain, bring all your suffering to the feet of Jesus. He is here to listen to you. Um, And so are other people, right? Be wise in who you connect with about the things that you're going through, but don't um, don't live it or experience it by yourself. So the first scripture is 1 Peter 5.10. This is actually one of my favorite scriptures and it is my go-to scripture, y'all. My go-to scripture when I'm going through things. It says, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Now, the first part of the scripture may not sound encouraging, right? But like, and after you have suffered a little while, like, wait, why do I have to suffer? The reality is, I, I don't have an answer for you for that. I do. The Bible does talk about how suffering does develop perseverance. You know, there is reason for our suffering. We um, see God's goodness in it. Jesus himself suffered, right? But in reality, it's hard to accept why we actually have to suffer. But it is also, it's also reality that it's a part of our life. It's a part of our everyday life. It's a part of different seasons of life. Um, or it's even a part of us witnessing suffering in the world and pain in the world. But this scripture has a enormous encouragement and truth after that those words it says the god of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in christ my favorite part is will himself not you know will or maybe will perhaps or in heaven it says will himself restore confirm strengthen and establish you that is a deep hope y'all i don't know where you need to write the scripture on in your on your by your bedside on your mirror wherever but 
yo, write the scripture down somewhere and, and underline that God himself will. Because when we have that hope, when we have that faith and understanding that even in our pain, even in our suffering, after we have suffered a little while, God himself, meaning he will take his hand, he will take his power, he will take himself to actually restore, confirm, strengthen and establish you. Right. So even in your pain and suffering, God is good because he will not leave you in that pain and suffering. And that's what the scripture tells us. Romans 8.18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I feel like scripture is just like coming at me. Like the scripture is written by Paul, right? So Paul's like, yo, you really should not even be comparing what you're going through compared to the glory you're going to be experiencing and revealed to in, in heaven. And I'm like, yeah, Paul, but I'm still going through what I'm going through. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I just be feeling like that. Me and Paul be having arguments, but it's fine. I mean, he's dead. I don't have arguments with him, but I have arguments with what he wrote. <laughs> um, so in this scripture, it say, for consider the sufferings of the present, right? So this is, it's so important to notice keywords in scripture, right? In the scripture, it says, present time for of this present time meaning your suffering is temporary it's temporary and i know it feels painful and i know it feels long and i know it feels like it's been forever and i know it feels like you've prayed over and over again and nothing has changed and i know it feels like you can't do anything else and you're exhausted and you're overwhelmed and it just feels like god is not listening but y'all it is temporary of this present time and this present time may be, sound, may be longer than you wanted or expected. I've been there. I feel that. I'm in that right now. But that does not mean that we will not experience a glory that will be revealed to us in heaven. Or maybe even pockets of that in this lifetime. Seek it. Look for it. Look for his glory and his goodness in your everyday life. Sometimes we're waiting to experience it at a conference or on a retreat or at church during worship. Y'all, it's going to happen while you're doing laundry. It's going to happen while you're wiping your baby's butt, right? And putting on a new diaper. It's going to happen um, in, in your next hangout with your friends. It's going to happen in a regular everyday moment where you experience God's goodness and glory. You just have to notice it, right? And then we have Romans 5, 3 to 5. It says, more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings. Paul, this is what I'm saying about Paul, but let me, let me not even get into it. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So basically this is saying through the trajectory of this formula, suffering will actually eventually lead us to having a deeper sense of hope. It actually connects to 1 Peter 5.10 where it's telling us that the suffering, we get to have this hope in Christ. And so the scripture is also telling us there is a formula, there is a trajectory, and there is a journey that will go from suffering point A to, suffer, to point Z, meaning hope. But there will be a process, there will be a, a pruning, there will be a refining, there will be a fire, there will be a struggle, there will be a lot of things that will be painful in all of that. And that is the point of the word rejoice there, that eventually we'll get to a place of hope. 
And that doesn't mean when we get to the place of hope, there will never ever be suffering again. No, it just means that we get to start over with that process based on that individual suffering. But we get to have this joy in us. We get to rejoice because we know that through this process, if we are obedient, if we are present, if we are consistent, and if we rely on the Lord, we will eventually end up in the stage of hopeness. Hopeness is not a word. Hope and not be hopeless, right? So that is, I would say, our biggest goal, our biggest agenda in our suffering, to stay with the hope. Suffering's biggest point when it comes to the enemy, the tool he uses in our suffering, um, even when God is the causer of our suffering, is hopelessness. He eventually wants us to be hopeless, but we need to stay strong, right? Because this suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and the character produces hope. Then we got Romans 8, 28, and it says, we know, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good and for those who are called according to his purpose. I mentioned the scripture earlier in this episode, right? And really thinking about this, that for those who love God, all things work together for good. So things don't just work together for good, y'all. Let's make a note of those words. For those who love God, how do we love God? We love God by being obedient to him. We love God by humbling ourselves by being le- by noticing less of us more of him by glorifying him by worshiping him by loving others by living out the gospel right by actually living out um the salvation that god has given us so that's actually how we love god and and then with all of that all things work together for good so don't mistake that with works right you're not doing works for god to work all things together for your good but you're simply living a life where you show god you love him and that is in different um, different kinds of ways then john 16 33 says i have said these things to you that in me you may have peace in the world you will have tribulation but take heart i have overcome the world this is another hope, y'all. This is another confirmation. This is Jesus speaking that we will go through tribulation, but in him we have peace. That we will go through things, but he himself has overcome the world. So we get to be in a place where we don't feel overwhelmed. And if we do, we get to go to him and go to his peace. We don't have to experience, um, sit in our pain. But if we do, we get to go to him and go to his peace. Go, go to his peace. If we experience suffering and we're sitting in our suffering and don't know what to do, We don't have to actually stay there. We can simply go to him and go to his peace because we need to have this kind of, it's not a pessimistic way of looking at things, but have an understanding that there are going to be really hard and terrible moments in our life. (laughs) You know, I know, especially in Christian culture, we're like, the best is yet to come. Praise God. I'm sure of that. Right. But also, (laughs) there's worse things to come. There are bad things to come. And when we only think of the best is yet to come, then we can be in a place where we're not prepared for the worst moments and days. And so when we stand firm in God, when we stand firm in the rock, in his word, and being consistent with going to him, believing his word, studying his word, um, then we are prepared for those moments that will be painful and struggling. And maybe we'll respond and react in a different way. That actually happened to me in this past week and a half, in these past 10 days of the notice um, God's goodness challenge and invitation. I actually didn't know that I was going to get bad news, right? I didn't know what was to come in these days, but the week started. And y'all, I was getting bad news after bad news, like really um, pretty hard stuff in my family was going on. And I was just going through a lot in general. And I, and I was having this peace that I haven't had, I hadn't had before when things like this came up. Um, and I was like, wow, when you notice God's goodness and when you're actually in his word every day, 
when you're going through something, you just experience it differently, right? You actually can be joyful. It was really weird. And I'm still like processing it, but I'm just like, wow, God, (laughs) you're so good. Um, And then finally, I want to close with this quote. It's from Alicia Brick Cole's book, 40 Days of Decrease. If you not have read that book, I mean, I don't know what you're doing. Go read that book. It's like kind of like a daily devotional for 40 days. Um, You can fast in it. It's just so good. Probably going to do a book club on this again. I did it last year during the beginning of the pandemic, Um, but it's just really good. But there's a quote in here where she um, highlights a quote by Philip Yancey. And the quote says, no intellectual answer will solve suffering. Perhaps that is why God sent his own son as one response to human pain, to experience it and absorb it in himself. The incarnation did not, quote unquote, solve human suffering, but at least it was an active and personal response in the truest sense. No words can speak more loudly than the word. Y'all, I'm going to read that again because I need y'all to hear it slowly and carefully. The quote says, no intellectual answer will solve suffering. Perhaps this is why God sent his own son as one response to human pain, to experience it and absorb it himself. The incarnation did not quote unquote solve human suffering, but at least it was an active and personal response. In the truest sense, no words can speak more loudly than the word right? And Jesus, the Bible tells us, is the word. So this quote is a lot, right? A lot of different things. It starts by telling us no intellectual answer will solve suffering. So (laughs) suffering is actually more of a heart emotional thing. And no intellectual answer that we're seeking will actually solve it or be even a response to it. But God himself sent an answer. He sent an answer as a response and to human pain. And that was Jesus to also experience human pain. God didn't come down as an angel or as a floating being, right, to go on the cross. He came down as a human so he can experience pain as we experience pain. It really is a a beautiful way of God showing us his goodness. He's saying, "I I see you. I will be in your suffering. I have experienced your suffering. I have experienced your tears. And I am not far from that experience. I am actually nearer than you can notice. And so what I would invite you is to begin to do this. To actually take time each day of your life from now moving forward to notice God's goodness. Perhaps you journal about it, you read about it, you pray about it, and, and maybe you wake up every morning and you talk about how you're grateful and all those things. That's amazing, helpful. But to notice God's goodness is something that could radically change your heart, that could bring a healing to your past, to your trauma, to your mind, to your life that you have been waiting for, a breakthrough that you have been needing in noticing God's goodness in your everyday life ordinary life not waiting for it not not expecting it to come a day a specific moment at a specific experience through a specific thing or a person but that his goodness is right here right now for you maybe even today listening to this podcast was him showing you his goodness tomorrow it may be something different but he rest assured he is good all the time and he is showing you his goodness and living out his goodness in your life and through your life every single day 
So I pray that you will receive that. I pray that you will acknowledge that, that you will begin to actually do this and see and notice the testimony of your life and how your life changes. And so again, the five different things we talked through was God's definition of good is not the same as ours. And we need to let go of thinking that God has been good since the very beginning, right? He, he invented goodness, what God's goodness does in our life, right? Through the different things that we discuss, God's goodness is within us through the Holy Spirit. And finally, God's goodness is in our pain and in our suffering. Thank you for being here. I pray that this really blessed you and it equipped you through these scriptures. I encourage you to go back, check out the show notes. All these scriptures will be there. We went through a lot of scriptures. Uh, we went through some stories in the Bible. I would say go through it, think through it, meditate through it. Um, and also we have some news. Uh, we have some new products based on this message. It has just been really deep in my heart. And so I'm excited to tell you that we have a journal, a mug, a sticker, and a poster where it says, notice God's goodness. So the journal, right, maybe is that's where you'll write where you notice God's goodness every single day. Um, the poster, maybe you could put it somewhere in your house or in your office or in your home, right? Um, the sticker, maybe you put it on your phone so you can remember every day or in your journal or on your laptop, right? Um, and then the mug, so you can remember in the morning when you're drinking your coffee or in the evening tea that you're having, whatever it may be. But We've got some new products for you. Obviously, we still have our other products. You're welcome um, to support. We're just so thankful. This is a small business. This is a small ministry. Um, and so we're thankful for your support and how you invest um, into us. By buying our products, you actually end up helping us be able to have book clubs, free book clubs, free Bible studies, free events, free things, free resources, um, right? Because a lot of this takes time, right? And so we are able to um, do these things because of how you support and buy our products. So thank you for that. Um, we are still celebrating Latinx Heritage Month up until this Friday. So we got the sale going on 10% off using code LATIN in all caps. Um, and I would encourage you send this episode to somebody. You know, this uh, is a message for everybody and anybody and maybe even a friend or, or coworker or a family member that um, is in the in the middle with Jesus or isn't hasn't fully given their life to Jesus or just is is you know not into that yet maybe this is an episode that can encourage them and bring them closer to that um, and of course I would really really appreciate I think we say it every week if you've already been here there's actually hundreds of people that download this podcast where I'm just like wow um, each week I don't know a lot of you but I am so thankful um, but yeah please rate and review that helps other people uh, find the podcast but it also encourages me as I continue to create these things to know what you're getting out of it how um, it's helping you edifying you educating you encouraging you and equipping you so be blessed thank you so much for being here have an amazing rest of your week and see you next time on the Yes and Amen podcast. Y'all, I pray that conversation blessed you and that you're able to apply something you either learned or heard to your continued growth on your faith journey. I invite you to study more on the scriptures we talked about on this episode and don't let any conviction you experience go without prayer and action. Share any thoughts or testimonies you may have by leaving us a rate or review and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Meet us next time for another episode. And if you don't already, follow us on Instagram following at PD or at we.r.fool to learn more about our growing community and get connected with us.